0: Welcome to the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. We tell the stories of the pioneers and innovators building businesses in hemp across the U.S.
1: I graduated, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I kind of had the idea that I wanted to start a business and I remember uh, I woke up one morning around May of 1990, and it literally hit me like a ton of bricks, so I'm like, that's it. I will form a hemp company.
0: I'm Drew Oberholzer, and today we have a conversation with Lawrence Servan, the founder of Hemp Traders, the largest wholesale marketplace for all things hemp in the US. And he has a new venture called Canna Grove that may change the construction
2: industry forever. And I'm co-host Cameron McIntosh, and this is the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. So,
0: Lawrence, for all of our listeners who've never heard of Hemp Traders, tell us a little bit about what what you
1: sell. Well, uh, Hemp Traders, uh, the main items that we sell are hemp textiles. So it could be uh, knit fabrics, like for t-shirts, sweatshirts, and sweatpants. Uh, We have woven fabrics that can be used for like dress shirts. We have fabrics that are used for uh, upholstery, for home furnishings. And uh, another fairly big market for us is we sell uh, a hemp fleece fabric that's used in uh, reusable diapers. Where are you selling most of this stuff? We're selling fabric uh, all over the country
0: and even all over the world. Does anyone make hemp textiles in the U.S.?
1: No, uh, as of right now, nobody's making it. I, I should say it's a very big uphill battle because of all the things that you can make for hemp. Uh, ironically, hemp textiles are the most complicated, require the most equipment, and um, you know the most investment in order to make it work. So, Lawrence, what drew you to hemp? Well, I thought it was you know rather interesting. Uh, you know, that it's something that no one's ever done. It's been illegal to grow, no one's doing it. And I felt that there was a, a golden opportunity to begin to start selling or producing products made from hemp that would help the environment. When you first
0: started, where did you look to buy hemp textiles?
1: Well, I had heard uh, a rumor that uh, they were using hemp in China. And uh, back in the very early 90s, this was probably about 1991 or so, maybe even 92, there was a Chinese trade delegation that came to the United States and I decided to go to that. I went there and they had a number of companies and at that time all the trade companies in China were referred to as import-export companies.
0: Did you find a company that you could import hemp textiles from?
1: Oh, yes. I was able to locate some people in China that were making fabric from hemp. And in late 1993, I bought some hemp fabric from China, had it imported to LA, a very small amount, just about a thousand yards of fabric, and I began to sell the fabric.
0: Where did you get your initial capital to start hemp traders?
1: I started the company, uh, my grandfather, when he had passed away, had left me uh, $14,000, and I used that money to start the business. Now, when I began, I took the first 7000 of it, uh, I took that out and put that in a checking account, and I left the other 7000 uh, in a savings account. And with that 7000 I was able to buy my first 1,000 yards of fabric. I was working out of my home, and I actually had to literally get on the phone, start uh, looking up in the phone book people who would buy textiles, calling them up and asking them if they would be interested in buying hemp. But I realized that since it was a new product, that nobody was going to use it unless they could experiment a little with it. So I set my company up as being a wholesaler, but with no minimum order. And we keep that model uh, even to today. So hemp traders could
0: essentially be seen as being an incubator for people who want to create products out of hemp.
1: Oh, yeah all the time we're getting uh, entrepreneurs uh, who come to us who you know have a great idea you know of something to make from hemp maybe it's uh, a new apparel line maybe they want to do furniture uh, they want to do art with it uh, they want to make uh, accessories out of it and we allow them the opportunity uh, you know they don't have to spend tons of money to get going to make their samples they can just buy a little bit make samples try, all- all different types of fabric. Find out what works the best, and it allows them to get their companies going.
2: Doesn't that present a, a whole host of logistical issues, though, Lawrence? How did you navigate uh, having no minimum order and essentially being a wholesaler?
1: Well, you know <laughs> that was that that was the key, and that was what made it tough. It meant uh, that I had to have fabric on hand in the warehouse and uh, be able to have someone there to cut it, measure it, and ship it out. Were you onto to something? Did you have people buying right away? So when I began, I was literally working out of my apartment. And this was just a studio apartment. It was one room uh, with a murphy bed <laughs> that I was living in. And the response wasn't as... Uh, fulfilling as I would hope it would be. You know, here I am with a thousand yards of fabric and the person is telling me they want it the most. I call them up and they would be like, okay, well, I'll take, you know, my husband wants a pair of pants. Okay, I'll, I'll take two yards from you. You know, they just buy only two yards from me. So after, you know, the first month or two of some orders, then it went really dead. There weren't too many people that wanted to buy it. And I do remember in April, of 1994, the entire month, I had one sale, and that sale was for something like $120. And I was really at that point thinking, wow, I went into the wrong business.
2: What did your family think when you decided to stake your inheritance, essentially, on uh, on hemp?
1: Well, my father was supportive of me doing whatever I wanted to do, but I remember my mother thought I was crazy, you know, for going into hemp. You know, they they grew up at a different time and they felt that hemp maybe was marijuana. Even though I was able to explain to them that it was something different from marijuana, that it wasn't something you would get high off of, they thought I was kind of silly and surprised that I would try to start a business in this. And it wasn't for a number of years until they started getting more supportive when uh, we had more people who were buying, you know, at one point, you know, we have Walt well, Disney buy from us. We have movie studios buy from us. So. But it took you a while to get there. We're talking about a few years, right? Oh, yes. Yes. There, there, uh, early on, I'd say the first five years were the most frustrating. And there was a point where I got in a fairly large order from a Japanese company and i thought that you know i was going to give it to them and then i get the money right away and i i sent them the fabric and then they called me up and said well we don't have the money right now we'll pay you shortly and i realized at that moment uh, i had no fabric or very little fabric left in my inventory Uh, They had, uh, they owed me a bunch of money. I didn't have barely any money in my account. And I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to make, you know, the next month's rent (laughs) at that point. Did business get better as time went on? Little by little, the business began to grow. And after about three or four years, I began to add uh, twine, yarn webbing, other fiber products, and now we're actually the largest hemp fabric supplier in the United States. And in fact, we're probably the largest in the world outside of China, uh, which is my supplier where they're actually making the hemp fabric.
0: After hemp traders got off the ground, Lawrence started looking into products he could make himself. He had a few ideas, but one really stuck, and he decided to go for it. So Lawrence, what product were you working on?
1: The main one that really interested me was uh, hemp board, or, which is a type of particle board or medium density fiber board made from hemp. Um, what exactly,
2: what processes and what applications in the building industry, the home building industry in particular, uh, do you see, uh, this, this hemp fiber board, uh, offsetting or replacing?
1: All right, well, when we're talking about a home, there's two areas that this board can work in. One, uh, all the uh, shelving and cabinets in a home use a particle board uh, in them. So, think, you know, kitchen shelving, bathroom, things like that can all work with this hemp board. Uh, the other main area would be subflooring. So let's say you have a wooden flooring that has to know on top of something hard, you can't just put it on concrete. So you would lay down the hemp board and then you can put a regular wood board on it, or you would put even a carpet over it. But the bigger industry for particle board is actually furniture. And what's, what's in this board? Is it just hemp? Yeah, it's either you can make it two different ways. Uh, in the original way we were making it was just with the hemp hurts. And last year, we found a way to make it with the entire stock. And when we did that, that cut out that whole part where we had to do decortication, And that's what really made it economically competitive with existing wood products. And then really, the only other ingredient is the binder that you use in it, which is a type of glue. And then it's putting a machine that applies both heat and pressure to the board. And it basically presses them into the shape of the four by eight sheets. And you can modify uh, the thickness of the board anywhere from about a quarter inch to about an inch.
0: Where did you go to start experimenting to make your hemp board?
1: I was able to go to China and find uh, a factory over there that was able to make the particle board using the hemp herds and uh we we had some made brought it over began to sell it and it was immediately uh, the most popular product i've ever sold people just went nuts for it they loved it Uh, but uh, early on one of the first questions i got was uh, was there any formaldehyde in this board and since i was not present when they actually made the first board uh, i wasn't exactly certain So I took a sample of the board and we sent it to a laboratory and we had it tested And we found out, or I found out, that there was so much formaldehyde in it that it actually went off the chart. It was beyond what even they could test it for. It was so high. So uh, I realized, well, no, we can't have that. So uh, a little while later, I went back to the factory. I actually, this time, went there and I visited it. And I talked to the owner and I asked him if he could make the boards using a different type of binder, one that did not use formaldehyde, and unfortunately, he was not interested in that. He was just like, nope. And I'm like, well, you know, if we paid you more, you know, would you make a board without formaldehyde? Nope. You know, what if we brought you a binder that wasn't formaldehyde? Would you use it? He was like, nope, you won't do it. So what did you do?
0: Can you make hemp board with anything other than
1: formaldehyde? I asked a number of companies if they could make a non formaldehyde binder, and unfortunately, that particular binder just did not exist, or did not exist in China. Did you still want to make a non formaldehyde hemp board? Oh, yeah. You know, one of the, the main reasons I got into hemp, why I started the whole business, was I wanted to do a business that would be good for the planet, that would be good for nature, and help society, help humanity. And the idea of having a product that could save the trees was a really good deal for me. So that led me on a year-long search to try to find a non formaldehyde binder. And even with the internet, I found it quite daunting because I couldn't find any major companies that were making it.
0: So did you eventually
1: find one? I did find a company in South Africa that was making a binder using eucalyptus bark so they agreed to sell me the binder i had that binder shipped over to china i hired an engineer from canada and then we all went to china and we began to work out the board this was around 2008 and uh finally after a day working at this factory we succeeded in making this non formaldehyde uh, hemp board that was a very triumphant day for me i was very excited when we had figured that out
0: That sounds great, but was there anything else to improve on?
1: No. By that time, I had completely perfected it on the engineering level. It was just an absolutely perfect board. It was actually better than wood in that we were able to get uh, a stronger board at the same density, or if it was the same strength, it was a lighter density. When we were using the hemp plus, the hemp is uh, resistant to termites. Termites won't eat hemp board. So were you set? Uh, The the problem was when I would go back to reorder, uh, the factory I was working with then went out of business. So I wasn't able to get any more ord from them. Uh, It was kind of a a theme that was happening uh, as China was growing and consolidating. Many of the smaller factories uh, couldn't compete with the larger ones and were forced out of business. So... Uh, I couldn't get any more board, so I went back to China, found another factory. They made board, uh, but then they went out of business uh, afterwards. And I wanted to get going, but the problem was this last factory was located too far away from where they were growing hemp in China, and the cost of shipping the raw materials to this factory made the board too expensive uh, to enter the market. So. I decided that it was a great idea, but I had to put the whole idea on a shelf and wait for the day when we could grow hemp in the United States.
0: So time went on, years went by. Lawrence continued hemp traders and just sat on this amazing product. And then the 2018 Farm Bill passed. And this is what Lawrence was waiting for. So Lawrence, what are you planning on doing now to get hemp board back out there?
1: For what we want to do with the hemp board, we're looking at, we would need a very small factory that would produce 30,000 cubic meters of board per year, but in order to keep that factory running 24-7, we would have to contract with about 4,000 acres of hemp to be grown. Uh, fortunately, uh, there's enough hemp starting to be grown. It's not like four or five years ago where there was you know, a total of a few thousand acres. Now we're getting into the tens of thousands of acres are being grown throughout the country. And in the bigger scheme of things, 4,000 acres is not very large if you were to compare it to other crops that are grown. How much of an investment are we talking about? Is it in the millions? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know, and, it started early on when I was just having other companies make it for me. It was in the tens of thousands of dollars. But in order to build my own factory and contract farmers to grow it for me, that's in the millions of dollars. You mentioned that the factory you intend to build could produce thirty thousand cubic meters
0: of hemp board. How many boards is that?
1: Ah, uh, so if we had a factory that did thirty thousand cubic meters per year, we would need farmers to grow approximately about 4,000 acres of hemp to have that factory operating. That would translate into about 637,000 uh, boards that would be you know, four by eight and about a half inch thick. But that amount of boards is only 0.3% of the North American market.
0: And if this is successful, do you plan on building factories in other parts of California or other places in the U.S.?
1: Yes, absolutely. We could uh, scale up at the current location and or we can uh, build other factories in other parts of the state or even other parts of the country.
0: How are you going to stay ahead of competitors who decide to jump in and make their own hemp board?
1: Well, uh, first and number one, I am the first person that's ever done this. Uh, Prior to me getting into it, other people had made uh, particle born from hemp in a laboratory in a university, but I was the only one that ever uh, was able to make it, you know, produce it on a commercial scale and was able to offer it for sale. So you have uh, the advantage of being the first uh, in the industry. Uh, the other thing that makes it better is that, unlike some of the other uh, industries in hemp, this one has a fairly high barrier of entry. You know, you need a factory. I mean, you need all the equipment in order to make it. And this equipment's not cheap and it's not readily available You know, all over the place. You can't just order it online. There's only special places in the world that will make it. The other thing is uh, just having the equipment is not enough. You, I have to have the whole other end of the business, which is I have to develop relationships with farmers and have this uh, equipment in an area right near where they're growing hemp. And then I have to have the farmers grow the right type of hemp for me and be able to pull all of it together from all different angles. And in order for this to be really economically viable, we need to be able to sell the board for somewhere between about eight and 15 or eight and $16 a board to be competitive with regular wood products.
2: Lawrence, when will it be available?
1: Well, I'll probably as early as next week have a board available for sale, and then I'm hoping uh, within about a year or so to have a whole factory put together that we'll be able to start uh, making the boards uh, ourselves
2: well we're excited for you to bring that to market um, yeah want we want to we want to thank you too Lawrence um, you know yourself and a few other you know notable entrepreneurs have been in this for decades now and sort of paving the way and waiting patiently for for everything to come together
1: yes yeah.
0: so if you want to learn more about Lawrence Surban hemp traders or if you're just interested in buying some of canna grow's new hemp board go to hemptraders.com Music was provided by Quetzal One. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the Hamp Entrepreneur Podcast. And tune in next week for a brand new episode.